I saw Cocaine Bear today, so that's what I would talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Did You Do Your Homework? The pop culture podcast connecting academic ideas to popular media. This is our uh, We Interrupt Your Special or we interrupt your regularly scheduled programming to bring you a special broadcast. Uh, Post-Oscars, the 95th Academy Awards aired just last night from when we are recording this, and our listeners will know that I have a disease. I should introduce myself first. (laughs) Can I start over? (laughs) No, no, lead with your disease. What's your disease? And then say your name. (laughs) Okay, my disease is that I love award season, despite being a movie fan. (laughs) There's definitely a a overlapping Venn diagram of people who love movies, people who love the awards and that whole spectacle, and then like the people like us who who enjoy both. You enjoy the, the award show aspect far more than I do, uh, who also enjoy being mad that the Academy makes the wrong choices so frequently. Um, but maybe, maybe not this year. I actually think that film, the, the Venn diagram of people who like movies and people who get mad at the Academy, but watch the Oscars anyway, 100%. (laughs) It's not quite a circle, but it's pretty close. (laughs) Uh, my name is Martha Sullivan. I am a librarian, film appreciator, uh, an amateur pop culture analyst, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host. I'm Pete Romberg. I'm a curriculum developer, and I'm those other things as well. Not librarian, of course, but uh, amateur or profession- quasi-professional film appreciator. We do this podcast, uh, but amateur we paid- critic. We don't get paid for it, though. Quasi-professional. Unless somebody out there would like to start paying us yeah, for it. If, if That'd be cool. Re- reach out to us. We'll start a <laughs> Patreon. That's great. Um, but yeah, so we are here to break down our thoughts, feelings, reactions uh, to the 95th Academy Awards. Uh, but before we get into that, we, apart from our top 10 uh, episode of 2022, you and I haven't really had a chance to kind of get into um, the nominees. So before mm-hmm. we start talking about winners, I would love to hear your kind of general impression of the slate of nominees for this year. Uh, generally, the slate aligned with my own personal opinions. Um, I think that there were a couple missteps, uh, in partly in terms of like bad categorization between uh, actor, actress, or supporting actor, actress. Uh, we might get into that later. Um, but I, I thought that the top, the best pictures, the 10 best pictures, was the exact mix that the Academy was hoping for when they expanded this out to 10 back in 2009. It's some art films, some traditional Oscar bait films, and then, like, the biggest popcorn films of the year. Um, and that's sort of what the Academy was trying to do with that. Uh, in terms of best director, I was happy with... I, I did not see Triangle of Sadness. I saw the other uh, five nominees for that, and I thought they all directed the heck out of their movies. Uh, a, a little strange that James Cameron was snubbed in that one, but I guess he can't win everything all the time. Uh, and then, like, I'm not going to do a line-by-line of all of this, but yeah, in general, I was... I thought it was a very safe set of nominations. Nobody necessarily jumped out as being 
wildly off the mark or or undeserving of a nomination, with the exception of cinematography, which I thought was a horrific lineup, uh, just incredibly weak and, and a pure example of non-cinematographers in the Academy not knowing anything about it and just gravitating to the big names. Uh, Darius Kanji for Bardo, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, and Roger Deakins for Empire of Light. Uh, I haven't seen either of those movies. Nobody saw either of those movies, and neither of them, to my knowledge, were particularly groundbreaking in their cinematography. Uh, Deakins just came out the other day basically saying that the cinematographer for The Batman, Greg Frazier, who also uh, was the cinematographer for Dune, should have been nominated and should have won the cinematography category. Uh, instead, it went to uh, James Friend for All Quiet on the Western Front, which cleaned up a lot of the technicals. Uh, and we'll get into that later on. Um, um so I did actually do a little bit of reading. I always have to do a little bit of reading every year about how um, nominees are picked and how Oscar voting works. Mm -hmm. The nominees are, so when you join the Academy, you are sorted into one of 17 different um, kind of cohorts based on your role in the movie making business. Right. And nominees are selected by people who are in the same grouping so like directors vote on the directing nominees cinematographers select the cinematography nominees mm -hmm. and then everyone in the once the nominees are determined everyone in the academy gets to vote on them mm -hmm. but it's always so weird to, there's always at least one category where i'm like really film editors picked these movies are you sure <laughs> yeah, yeah um yeah my biggest my biggest snub of the year is that nope was not nominated for cinematography or sound design it, nope like, was nominated it, for nothing which is insane True, but like those categories in particular, I was like, really? These are usually the more genre-friendly um, categories, and that, I think, was far and away one of the best-looking films of the year. I was a little bummed that um, just overall there was not a lot of horror representation. I mean, there never is, but we had a really good year for horror last year. <laughs> So, like, I think a cinematography, and especially, as you said, in with cinematography being such a weak category this year, like, I think you could have slotted Nope in there. I think you could have slotted Barbarian in there. Mm -hmm. I think you could have slotted um, Pearl in there. I think all of those would have, um, you know, held up with the other nominations. Um, I always tend to feel that Best Picture nominees fall into fall on two sides of a line you have the especially since the category got expanded which i enjoy because it gives us more of a chance to um talk about and recognize movies from all over um the spectrum and i think you're right i think that a movie can be a great example of something and this is our time to celebrate all of the things that movies can be um, but I, whenever I see a, a good number of the best pictures, and this year I saw all except three, um, but I do tend to start feeling that we have, like, the good movies <laughs> on one side of the line <laughs> and the are-you-sure are <laughs> movies on the other side of the line. Um, the, the, the ones that deserve to be in there and the ones where, like, well, we need to make ten, so... I think it is fairly egregious that Sarah Pauly did not get nominated for Best Director. Um, uh, I also did not see three. <laughs> I have the feeling we we have different threes that we did not see, and Women Talking was one of the ones I did not see. 
Um, so I can't weigh in on on her not directing, but considering I know that it's basically set in one location and from everything I've heard should feel stagey but doesn't, um, that's a good argument for, for her to have gotten a Best Director nom. Oh, yeah. No, I was watching it. I watched it with my mother and the credits rolled and she and I turned to each other to sort of start talking about it and I immediately burst into tears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um I didn't see the women the woman king, um, but I did feel the lack of um African Americans in the room last night. Bet- and between that both Nope and the Woman King being entirely snubbed. But you know. And I mean the Woman King also feels like it should be an easy Oscar poll. Like that one was I thought it was a weird thing. Yeah. But yeah, I didn't see I didn't see Top Gun. I didn't see Avatar. Um, and I didn't see All Quiet on the Western Front. And I at the end of the day, I was just kind of like, I don't have the energy for these movies right now. Um But the 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 um movies that I did see, again, I have my I, I really think that we're talking about like two <laughs> Two different levels of movie making. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some fun trivia to start us off with. First, that A24 is now the first production studio in history to win Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actress, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actress, and Best Supporting Actor all in the same night. Your uh, which is five, only, five above the fold, kind of. The big awards. The big five. Which is... Mostly six. remarkable because it is something that Harvey Weinstein wanted so desperately and never got. So, <laughs> and now he just will die love, in jail. Just love sticking it to him that way. Uh, everything, um, everything, everywhere is the only movie to have won four out of those six, and the two it did not win. It was not even nominated for. Am I doing this math right when I'm saying six instead of five? Best picture, best director. It won it, five. Yeah, it won five of the six, and the only one yeah. it didn't win, it wasn't even in contention for. Uh, which is crazy. Yep. A real quick side note: if I was ever to be nominated, or if I was ever to be instated as director of the Academy, uh, the two changes that I would make immediately to the Oscars is that I would add an award for best ensemble cast. Mm. And I would add an award for best stunt I, actors. I absolutely co-sign your best stunt uh, category. I am not. I am not the first person to make that argument. I mm-hmm. will not be the last. Mm-hmm. I think it is egregious that we are not recognizing the work that stunt actors do. Especially nowadays, uh, on, it might push movies to have actual human beings doing stunts instead of CGI, you know, ragdolls. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Fablemans was Steven Spielberg's 13th film to be nominated for Best Picture, uh, which ties Good him with God. William Wyler <laughs> for directing the most Best Picture nominees. Uh, Tar is Kate Blanchett's 10th credited appearance in a Best Picture nominee. Uh, she is tied with Leonardo DiCaprio and Jack Nicholson for second most credited appearances of any actor in a Best Picture nominee. The only person who has more is Robert De Niro with 11. So I would say that uh, Kate and Leo both have a chance to break that record at well, and, some point. And th- this is uh, pure category fraud, what I'm about to say, but Kate Blanchett was in Pinocchio, uh, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, which won Best Animated Picture this year. So if we want to loop uh, animated into the Best Picture list, uh, 
GDT did say that animated that you know animation film is film. It's not genre. Uh, so there, that bumps her up <laughs> by, well, by by pure I mean, category fraud. By, by pure category <laughs> fraud, it bumps her up. <laughs> words words mean stuff, uh, and I will be the I will be the first one to tell you that animation does not get the due that it's de- that it deserves. I mean, if yep. you ever really want to get me going on my TED talk, uh, the fact that Wally was not nominated for Best Picture in 2009 is one of the more egregious sins that the Academy has ever committed mm-hmm. vis-a-vis animation. Uh, Top Gun Maverick is the third sequel nominated for Best Picture without any other entries being nominated for Best Picture. Uh, they hmm. jo- it joins the ranks of Toy Story 3 and Mad Max Fury Road. Hmm, interesting. Uh, this is also the first time that two movies that have grossed over a billion dollars have been nominated for Best Picture in the same year, being Top Gun and Avatar The Way of Water. They are the seventh and eighth billion dollar grossers to be nominated for Best Picture. Hmm. Uh, um, in terms of box office, I, I thoroughly enjoy the fact that um, four of the top five highest grossing movies of all time are James Cameron joints. Uh, and the fifth is Avengers Endgame. <laughs> yes. Uh, Daniel Kwan is the third Asian American to be nominated for Best Director, following Lee Isaac Chung for Minari and M. Night Shyamalan for The Sixth Sense. Hmm. Daniel Kwan being, of course, one of the Daniels pair uh, who directed Everything Everywhere All at Once. He's also one of only two directors to have directed the Turn Down for What music video to be nominated or win an Academy Award. <laughs> Uh, with the win of for best original song uh, for Natu Natu from the movie RRR, RRR became the first South Asian movie to be nominated for any Academy Awards. Really crazy that it took the Academy this long to pick up on like Bollywood for best song. Yes, um, and then we have a whole just a whole slate of firsts for how many Asian actors. Uh, were nominated and won and different representation. And I really just need everybody to sit on the fact that Halle Berry and Michelle Yeoh in 95 years are the only women of color to win acting awards. So that's fun. Uh, Anna de Armas is only the fifth Latina to be nominated for Best Actress. That's crazy. No, it's gotta be, I'm sorry, it's gotta be just, Best Actress, because Ariana DeBose won Best Supporting Actress last year. So yes. Um, Halle Berry and Michelle Yeoh are the only two women of color to win the Best Actress Award mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in 95 years. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, those were kind of kind of everything I wanted to point out. This was Angela Bassett's first Oscar nomination in 29 years, which is absolutely outrageous. Incredible. Yeah. That, I mean, there's she uh, has this, I mean, she has been nominated before, but she has not been nominated in 29 years. I mean, also, though, like this was um, Jamie Lee Curtis's first nomination. I think it was Michelle Yeoh's first nomination. Um, I, I believe, in fact, all four of the acting categories went to first time nominees. Uh, yes, that's which, correct. A little less astonishing on the actor side because both Brendan Fraser and uh, Ki Hui Kwan sort of stepped back from acting in film, at least for various amounts of years, for various different reasons. Um, that's an interesting way to put that, but okay. Yep. Uh, whereas, you know, like Michelle Yeoh and Jamie Lee Curtis, 
have been acting, you know, constantly for the past 30 plus years. Uh, and Angela Bassett is the first uh, actor to receive an acting nomination for a Marvel film. Hmm. Um, was so, you, I'm sure you don't have this information at your fingertips. Was this also the most Irish set of nominees? Because <laughs> there were there were a lot of good Irish nominees in in this year. There were a lot of good Irish nominees. Um, I'm bummed more of them didn't win, but we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was kind of the main trivia I wanted to share. Uh, mostly just to point out that. We have been doing this for 95 years. Um, I think the Academy still... And the Academy... They they talk every year, I think, about adding more members of color, um, like, working to increase the diversity level. The problem that it ultimately comes down to is that people only nominate what they've seen. Mm-hmm. And I think... That really what this ends up being is a battle with the film distributors and the film producers to campaign for campaign for their movies. I mean, A24 did the work like everybody. I, I feel like as soon as A24 kind of recognized how everything everywhere all at once was. Like touching people. Um, they 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 put the work in. I also think that the proof positive of that is the fact that Andrea Riceborough was nominated as best for best actress for Two Leslie, the little film and with the big know, heart. Yeah, I don't know if you know anything about this, but it I, sounds like and yeah, Andrea Riceborough basically contacted a bunch of her friends and said, "Hey, can you talk about my movie on Twitter?" And they did, and it got her a nomination. Yeah, and people were big mad about it, and it's like. Guys, that's how the game is played. Right. People she, can't nominate what they don't know about. She was and, literally one person doing what normally a studio would do. And it and like she reached out to her friends and her friends happened to be Gwyneth Paltrow and, you know, mm-hmm. Ed, Ed Norton. Um and so they were hyping her up in their circles of other actors. So, yeah, that's and, how the game is played. And you want everybody to have friends like that, and they don't. And sometimes they are relying on their producers or their distributors to do that work for them. And if they if they don't have the support from their filmmakers, then there's then, not a whole lot else they can do about it. Then you end up as Paul um, Dano. <laughs> I think more accurately, you wind up as Viola Davis. That's you know that's that's a much better example. Yeah, yeah. Um. So general thoughts about the ceremony i i enjoy jimmy kimmel i thought he was weak last night i did not i did not think he had great material um i thought he had a good joke every once in a while but mostly i was just like can we not can we not do this my thought on the ceremony (laughs) is that every all the producers of the show were on the edge of their seats all night hoping that another that that there was no incident and the fact that it went off without any incident however you want to define incident. what were they i mean well i mean just like like after last year last year was a a catastrophically bad show before the slap happened 
uh, and then the the slap. I guess it, last year was a bad show before the the infamous Will Smith slapping Chris Rock, and that tipped it over into a like catastrophically bad show. Um, so I think that their goal was to not have any incident happen, whether it be anyone assaulting anyone else or even just you know the food being off. You know, like who knows? Uh, they did decide to make it a champagne carpet instead of a red carpet. I don't really care about the red carpet side of things. I just thought that was a uh, very well, entertaining only... because everyone was losing their minds about it. <laughs> no, the only thing about that that I thought was hilarious was that they didn't tell anybody until a week before the ceremony. And you know that there were people frantically calling their stylists yeah. about that. Well, and um, they, they chose champagne, which instantly got dirty. Like, oh, yeah, you know? it was stupid. <laughs> um, um, but like, I, I thought that like this, this was a, a competently managed and produced show. I agree with you that Jimmy Kimmel was pretty laid back, but that's the energy he brings in general. He never do crowd work in the Oscars. That's real dumb. And that was a bad bit when he did that. Uh, the crowd work was bad. I, I hate it when they make jokes about how long the show is. Um, <laughs> I, mostly. I was, I was okay with it, but the show was long. Um, it, it, it's, it's always, always long. long. It's always long. Yeah. And my, my thing has always been lean into it. Like, you are never going to get... No one is ever going to think, huh, maybe I'll watch the Oscars tonight. Like... I, I feel it's very disrespectful to their nominees and to their viewers every time they try to cut down on the time of the ceremony. And I was really excited that they were going to air all of the awards tonight. Yes. And then I really could have done without all of the don't go away. Like, we know it's long. Like, yeah, it is. That's fine. Let it be long. You know, one, <laughs> one, way, one way to say, uh, you know, shave some time off would did not have been literal commercials, literal spawn con for Disney and Warner Brothers in the middle of the show. I, I oh, mean, yeah. Disney was a, like when that was happening, I was like, OK, whatever. House of Mouse. It's on ABC. This is just good old like collusion synergy but then with warner brothers it's like all right who the heck did they pay to to get a commercial for warner brothers in the middle of this show no other studio got that treatment uh and oh, it, yeah. it was just it's very it, it was very strange and very off-putting um the uh, the other thing i'll say about the ceremony is i love 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 when actors People who are paid gobs of money to speak on film, to read lines that were written for them on film, uh, just are the worst, like, teleprompter public speaker <laughs> readers. And there were a lot of those. Uh, Halle Berry and was it Jessica Chastain that she was partnered with? Yes. Um, they both were just like, I, that was the one where I noticed, like, oh, these are very highly respected actors and they cannot read a teleprompter. Amazing. Yeah, I didn't really notice. I did enjoy the cocaine bear gag. <laughs> I, I did too. Elizabeth Banks uh, clearly was struggling. and Maybe she was sick. Uh, I, I, don't I was going to say, I, I was, was worried there, but... about her. Yeah. But... I, was, I, I feel like she must have been like sick or recovering. Yeah. But she, I mean, she, she did an admirable job for clearly being somewhat under the weather or something going on. And yeah, being partnered with cocaine bear. Great. Love it. Yes. So that was enjoyable. Uh, so our winners, I'm going to start with some highlights. I was thrilled that Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio won Best Animated Movie. I felt like that was one of the more uh, assured wins of the night, which 
maybe why they started with it. <laughs> um, this makes Guillermo del Toro the winner of three Academy Awards for, um, I guess, just three Academy Awards in general, I think, um, which is pretty good for him. Um, I love him. I think Pinocchio is a work of art. Um, it was a really nice note to start off on. Yeah. Uh, I fully cried during Kei Hui Kwan's acceptance speech. Oh, yeah. And they, the Academy knew he was going to win and he deserved to win. And then uh, they, they knew exactly what they were doing, putting him early on so that everyone could be crying. Well, usually the, the first award of the night is usually best supporting actor. Mm hmm. Um, but yes, I, I enjoyed that. I thought he had a lovely speech. I got very annoyed. So I thought the speeches that we got were lovely, and I got so annoyed at who they chose to play off. Yes. Um, the best documentary short winners for the Elephant Whispers, exactly like one of them got to speak, and then they were immediately like, y'all are done. And I was like, um, excuse me, show them respect. Yeah, uh, kind of strange um, that it was two women of color, uh, and one of them got to talk, and then they, they were like, and we're done. Also, documentary huh. do, documentary short, a category that, you know, not to say nobody cares about, but nobody cares about. Uh, so that is a definite, like, all right, great, let's get to the big ticket items. You're but done. I would argue that's rude. One of, the, one of the ones that actually matters, like the, the short film category, I, I feel very strongly about that one because I think that when you win best short, like, that's how you get your feature length movie made. Mm. Like that's how mm -hmm. you get funding for your big, your bigger project. Mm -hmm. So like they're not showstoppers like other ones, but in terms of mattering to the industry, I think they very much do. I, I absolutely don't disagree. I'm, I'm just commenting that the producers of the show were probably like, this is one no one cares about. Boom. Oh yeah. Yeah. Great. Absolutely. Uh, and double with the fact that it's two women of color. The optics are just, they're very bad. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would say they're very bad. <laughs> um, I screamed when uh, Women Talking won Best Adapted Screenplay. I, um, that was my hope for win. And also I thought it would win. Because that, that to me felt like the, like, this is what we're giving you. And I've heard that it's an a, that it is a very good work of adaptation. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. Um, at that point, we had had so many technical awards for um, All Quiet, All Quiet on the Western Front, which had also picked up a whole lot of steam at other international award shows. That mm -hmm. I kind of thought there was a moment in the show last night where I was like, "Is this movie about to win Best Picture?" Because if so, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. Um, when and typically, the winners of the screenplay and best adapted screenplay end up being very good bellwethers for who is ultimately going to win best picture. So as when Women Talking got announced, A, I was thrilled because it's a beautiful movie. And I thought it deserved more recognition uh, than it did. Uh, and also at that point, I was like, oh, OK. So they gave it they gave it the technical awards because it's a war movie. Um, but it's not going <laughs> to. It's not taking home anything else. Yeah, when when Jamie Lee Curtis won for Best Supporting Actress, that's when I was like, I think I think everything's gonna go far, um, because that was sort of the 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 category that was up in the air. Um, 
And if they gave it to her, that's like, okay, there's a really big groundswell for everything. Um, but you're right Ooh, that then that one, that one was a little rough. It though. was, it was rough because like Angela Bassett also should have won, or, or Carrie Con- Carrie Condon, I think, was the one who should have won. Um, Carrie Condon was my pick. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis is a wonderful actress. She is a treasure. Yeah, it is criminal that this is her first nomination. Yep. Um, she did not have half the job that Stephanie Hsu had to do in that movie. Yeah, they, and I. Mean, I this is a classic. I think it's Oscars. crazy. I think it's crazy that they both got nominated and that Jamie Lee Curtis won. Th- like, this is that's this is classic wild. Oscars though of like we have failed to recognize you up until this point, so we're going to recognize you for this because you did a good enough job that we can say that we're going to do it. And it's kind of just the makeup Oscar for something you should have won 15 years ago. That is classic I hate, Oscars. I hate the makeup Oscar system so much. Yeah. Right. It's Everyone does. It's bad, nonsense. and yet it continues forever. So, you know, glad that she is finally a, you know, an Academy Award winner. Also, I this might be jumping the gun, but I think all four of the actor, actor winners had really good narratives, right? And, and Oscar was yes. nothing more than a good narrative. Um, yes. Like, someone like Stephanie Sue or Shu uh, or um, Paul Mezcal, uh, uh, Barry Keoghan— they're all young, so that's a sort of like, eh, you'll you'll win it eventually, even if you did maybe a better job than the actual winners. Um, but yeah, the the problem is that I don't trust people to continue giving Stephanie Shu the, um, the, the opportunities roles. she deserves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, you're right. They had great stories. Um, and, like, I, I some, would some, like... of, some of the folks who didn't win also had good stories, and at that point, it's like kind of a competing narrative more so even than like competing acting talent. Well, and I would like to take this opportunity to talk about Tar versus Everything Everywhere All at Once for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that both of those movies are incredible achievements. Yes. Um. Michelle Yeoh and Kate Blanchett are two titanic talents. And if they had been nominated in different years, we wouldn't be having this conversation. Right. right. I mean, like you, you look at you look at the the best actress category. Michelle Williams absolutely should have been run as a supporting actress, uh, both for the amount that she was in the film and uh, her chance. Of what winning. I heard. What uh, I heard was that she put herself forward for Best Actress, so that was a decision that she made. Well, that was just wild in the year that Kate Blanchett played Tar. <laughs> um, I know. Uh, that is what I heard. I, I right. don't quote me on it. I, I mean, and like looking at the rest of this, like looking at the category, you know, it's like Andrea Riseborough, Michelle Williams, Anna de Armas are definitely like the B team to Michelle Yeoh and Kate Blanchett. That was the matchup. That was always the matchup. Um, I'm so happy for Michelle Yeoh. I think it's so exciting that she won. And I think Kate Blanchett should have won um, because I thought she did a... You you had a good rebuttal to this on Twitter. I thought Kate Blanchett was a little more powerful, but more importantly, that movie lived or died on her. It was a close, you know, character study of one person. And she was Lydia Tarr. Michelle Yeoh did an incredible job. Um, but because it was a more ensemble film... You know, she she didn't need to carry the movie in quite the same way. She did, but she didn't need to. Um, and you had a very good True. Twitter rebuttal, which I'll let you, you know, rebut yourself. Yeah, I have I have two rebuttals to this. One is specific to the role and to the actresses. Um, I love this win for Michelle Yeoh because I think that 
she got to use every tool in her toolbox. Like, Michelle Yeoh is a woman who has been an action hero, and she has been a romance star, and she has been a family. Like, she has gotten to play so many different kinds of characters, and then in Everything Everywhere All at Once, she really got to do everything. Mm -hmm. And she did everything so specifically. Right, and she got to do everything so specifically, and not to the detriment of anything else. Like, every piece of that movie has to function at the highest level for all of it to work and to make sense. Mm -hmm. And I think that her range of experience is what is what keeps that movie in cohesion with each with itself. So that's why I like her win, just because Lydia Tarr is an incredible role that I don't think anyone else could have played. But I also don't know that it asked as much of Kate Blanchett as playing Evelyn Kwan did ask of Michelle Yeoh. In in terms of variety, I agree with you. Kate Blanchett did like learn to be a conductor. Like she is oh, credi- yeah. she's credited no, as a conductor all throughout it. So that like that is I, I'm not I'm not trying to denigrate yeah. her accomplishment. Like I said, it it is a towering performance. Right. I, I think we both would have been happy with either person winning. That's true. I the other rebuttal that I would like to put forth is that at the end of the day, these are who wins is a just as much of a political statement as it is a statement of talent. Mm -hmm. And as much as we don't want to admit that or as much as the critics don't want to talk about that, it's true. And I think it was more important for Michelle Yeoh to win than Kate Blanchett. Sure. Kate Blanchett already has two Oscars for Best Actor. And we are we are in sort of a dearth of people recognizing actors of color, people recognizing older actresses, which Kate Blanchett is as well, um, but people recognizing Asian actors specifically. And I think it the politics of it, I think, were just when you have two performances where neither one is clearly I think it is important that you could make the argument either way. And in that case, I would go with the one that kind of means more in the grand scheme of what the Oscars are doing and what direction they're headed in. Sure. Let us now. (laughs) Let us now talk about one of my most crushing disappointments of the evening. Favorite wins? (laughs) <laughs> well no because i want to continue on this um like yeah, what the, the awards represent right um and i want to preface this again by saying that i love brendan Fraser deeply i'm so glad that he is getting recognition again i hope that this is the beginning of a second phase of his career where he gets to gets to do interesting and meaningful projects. I think we're and calling it the so, Brendan-sance. I am so... The Fraser-sance. Fraser-sance, that's much better. Thank you. Um, but I am so bummed that we had to kick it off with a movie that continues Hollywood's distressing culture of fat phobia. I am so mad that makeup and hairstyling went to a frankly bad fat suit Without denigrating his performance, I'm sure his performance is wonderful. The material that they're working with is just not it. And as a person that the wider world considers to be fat, I'm just over it. Like, I'm over 
depicting fat people as disgusting, whose like greatest aspiration is to die. That sucks. <laughs> um, that said, very happy for Brendan. I know that it meant a lot to him. The material clearly meant a lot to him. I'm just bummed that it had to be for this movie. I really, really am. Yeah, it's it's a situation where, it, you know, like, if, if you want to play the game, who would you take an Oscar away from and give it to someone else nominated? My default would be, like, best actor, give it to either Austin Butler or Colin Farrell. But oh, no, I, that was easy for me. But, like, here's the thing. I don't want to take it away from Brendan Fraser. That's, that's the problem. I, I, as an individual, as a person... I'm so happy for him that he has it. He gave yeah. a great speech. Um, it, as you say, for for this 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 movie, like Ugh. really? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Um, but um, very very happy for him. Yes. Um, I am also very disappointed that Tar and Banshees didn't win anything. Uh, and I I know you did not agree did not feel Fableman the same way I did, but Fableman's also shut out. Which regardless of takes true. on quality. Steven Spielberg movie, like kind of astonishing but, that um, that Janusz wasn't nominated it, for cinematography. I kind of feel like the only reason it was there was because it was a Spielberg movie. But you and I have different feelings about that one. Yeah. yeah um, I very truly, specifically truly shocking. That, I very that Tar, uh, Banshees, uh, Elvis, and Fablemans all shut out, considering that all of them had, you know, w- whatever you think of the movies, they all had a lot of buzz behind them. Yeah, I think that Everything Everywhere All at Once ended up taking a lot of the awards that could have gone to Elvis. Or um, uh, or All Quiet. Oh, would it, oh, sorry. I meant All Quiet on the Western Front. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I would have given Best Original Screenplay to Tar. I think I would have given Best Director to Tar. I while think so keeping too. While keeping Best Picture with Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yeah, I, um, I, I think I would do that same... Move. I would have given best score to Banshees. I thought that score was beautiful. I've heard people fighting um, for Babylon for best score, which I would I would hear arguments for. Um, I haven't seen it yet. Neither so. neither have I. You know, a big over the top jazz. Uh, you know, situation done by um, uh, uh, Justin Hurwitz. I'm like, yep, okay, this I I believe that that's a a winning score. I I have listened to the All Quiet score. I think it's a very good score, but, like, really? We oh, couldn't, I have we couldn't f- spread the love at all? I have a friend who's so mad about it. She's like, it's one, it's one theme over and over I, again. I think it's doing interesting ideas with the idea of mechanization in a World War I movie. Um, that, that sort of works for me. Also, I like that style of music, so. Sure. Uh, I did hear it described as the first score in the genre of Bwalm to win because the Inception score did not win in that genre. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, um, I, speaking and of, I would have, oh, I just, just one last, and I would have given Colin Farrell best actor. Yes. Like, yes. again, I know the story is very important and this, this could has restarted Brendan Fraser's career. But Colin Farrell consistently gives you like 27 different emotions all in one scene. And I I think that what he's doing in Banshees is subtle and particular in a way that is not immediately obvious because he's also playing kind of a doof. Yep, um, not kind of. <laughs> an, an affable <laughs> idiot. 
<laughs> I also would have given Carrie Condon Best Supporting Actress. Yes, agree. Either Carrie Condon or Stephanie Hsu. <laughs> agree. Um, I, I would have not been shocked if Austin Butler had won because he truly did transform in that in that Elvis role. Oh, and, yeah. And Oscar was, loves that. He was the best. He was the best part of that movie. Yeah. Um, I did you, not you love that like, movie. You didn't like Tom Hanks? I really didn't. <laughs> um, which bums me out. I want to like Tom Hanks. Um, I like, but no, every time every time Austin Butler is performing, it's fantastic. Yeah, I'm really excited um, for his fade Rautha. He's gonna be so good, Pete. Yeah, yeah I know. I'm, well, and especially like seeing him in as Elvis, I'm like, yeah, I don't know, whatever. Seeing him in the Oscar, like you know, sitting in the audience with like the blonde hair and all the rest, I'm like, oh, uh -huh. oh, that's Fade Rautha. Like we, yeah, we that got little him. bit of that little bit of scruff. Well, I yeah. don't think they ended filming all that long ago. Mm -hmm. Well, like the important thing about Fade Rautha is that he's like the the mirror image of Paul, and he looks enough like Timothy Chalamet that it's like, yeah, you are from the same genetic bloodline one step removed uh <laughs> uh yeah like my my ballot was austin butler would win colin farrell should win and then brendan fraser won so yeah i i always had brendan fraser winning i just didn't think it's not who i wanted to win right. but mm. it, i didn't think it was i didn't think there was any way it was going to go differently mm -hmm. um one one thing i wished in general with the ceremony is that they spread the love around a little more um you know we, we were saying uh, like kind of astonishing that uh tar banshees throw fablemans and elvis in here too uh none of them got anything um top gun got one award for sound avatar got one award for uh special effects which like yes those movies like good job academy you successfully awarded the movies the things that they should have won for um but still <laughs> still kind of weird that like they got nothing else um in a year with a really strong nomination field very wild to me that two movies ended up winning most of the awards. Uh, well, and I, again, I'm going to go back to you can't nominate or vote for what you haven't seen. I wonder if the people voting just didn't see that many movies this year. But I, I think Entertainment that I Weekly, think the people... Entertainment, let, me, let me back up my statement real quick. Entertainment Weekly always runs an article that's like, we talked to four anonymous Academy uh, voters about yeah. why they picked the movies that they did. And all of them were like, like I don't know, my friends said like, to vote for this one. <laughs> well, one of them was just like uh, straight up. First, they were um, being snitty about people mad that the Woman King didn't get anything, didn't get nominated for anything. They're like, suck it up, you know. You no is, one is, is that or, the where the nobody like, like sorry, black woman, that we didn't nominate you or something. Yeah, and then they go on to say, I just didn't see it. Yeah, so it's yeah. like, <laughs> um. Also, gee, so, yeah, I wonder I, why you didn't see it. Yeah, I, mm. I do wonder if if this year maybe, or like the push was so strong for certain movies that they saw them and were just like, that was great. I don't know, see anything else. The the flip side, though, is that everyone saw Top Gun Maverick and everyone saw Avatar The Way of Water, with you as a noted exception. Uh, like those those movies both, as you said, <laughs> made a billion dollars. Um, and so it's like they won the awards that they were designed to win. But it, it I is... don't think I don't think there was any world. I, I think Top Gun and Avatar got Best Picture nominations because the Academy was like, this they is saved... how we get butts and seats. Right. Well, also, they, they saved cinema. <laughs> they, they, right. they, those those movies got butts in seats of AMCs and Marcus's and, you know, all those other uh, all the other places. Um, but like, I mean, but... also Elvis, like yeah, Elvis yeah, made true. a staggering amount of money last year. 
But the fact that then those like those big popular movies weren't nominated for a lot of the things that or or lost to uh what All Quiet won. I think Netflix must have done a really good campaign for All Quiet. I have no idea where all the excitement like I haven't seen it yet. Whatever. We know the Academy loves war movies, but yeah, war movies also do. like war movies also include things like Avatar: The Way of Water and Top Gun: Maverick. Like, well, they love a war movie and they also love a historical drama. True, and when you have the sheen of like, ah, it's based on a popular, like a famous book, uh, and there was an old Academy movie, uh, you know, about this as well. I I get all that sort of like building up on itself, but. Still, still weird that it it swept as much as it did. Oh yeah, weird. No, weird for sure. <laughs> I'm not disagreeing with that at all. Yeah. I'm only trying to find method in the madness. Right. right. And all, all quiet being a Netflix thing, being available at home might have helped. Uh, but like whatever, they all get they all get DVD screeners. Yeah. Um. I mean, how do you feel about Everything Everywhere All at Once being our big winner of the night? I'm, like, as much as I wanted them to spread the love, I loved Everything Everywhere All at Once. I think it was my favorite movie of last year. Um, or if not, then it's, like, you know, it's a it's in running contention. Um, and I'm I'm so excited that the the weirdest movie of all time won all of the important awards that it was up for. Um... We haven't talked about the performances other than Natu Natu, but David Byrne, absolute goat. When he like he's up there singing with Stephanie Sue, uh, weirdly not Mitski, don't know what that was about. And then all of a sudden he reveals that he has hot dog fingers. Oh my god. Ah, oh, just a true, a true <laughs> legend there on the stage. Um And and yeah, we the group I was watching this with, we host a little Oscar shindig. The group we were watching it with was like Anyone who has not seen everything ever all at once is going to have a lot of questions based on, like, all the clips that they're showing and, like, you know, when they do the best picture montage and all the rest of it. Of just, like, I'm sorry, what? What's happening in this movie? What is this movie about? <laughs> and, uh, there's there's a talking raccoon and also hot dog hands and also googly eyes uh, on, you know, on rocks and it's a martial arts movie. Uh, so I'm I'm very excited that that movie <laughs> won all the big ticket awards and it's kind of, of a piece with a lot like the last two years for oscar were weird but a lot of the late teens were also leaning into like this genre quasi artsy but also very populist you know sort of thing like the parasite winning shape of water winning you kind of are getting a, a feel that maybe the classic Oscar bait films are no longer the locks that they used to be and that more genre inspired films are breaking through a little bit more when they're done incredibly well by, you know, auteur directors. I was going to say, let us not give, let us not forget that the shape of water is a movie about a deaf woman who has sex with a fish man directed by a Mexican immigrant. Yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think he's an immigrant. I think he's just straight up Mexican. Like, I guess, oh, does he live in America? Okay. I don't know. R- regardless. I think he has a, I mean, he he has a house in California where he keeps all of his movie props. Ooh, right, and I want house. to go to it very much. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but yeah, like, I think everything everywhere all at once, it actually, this is gonna, this is gonna sound wild. 
it is actually a similar movie to Coda for me, which was our Best Picture winner from last year. In that, at the end of the day, it is a movie about the complicated ways in which people love each other. Mm -hmm. And I will always be in favor of a movie winning for that. I think Everything Everywhere All at Once manages to be about a lot of stuff. Um, But the core of it is a relationship between a mother and daughter who cannot figure out how to understand each other. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's why it struck a chord with so many people. Like it's doing a lot, but the scent, like the beating heart of it is actually pretty easy to understand. Yeah. Like you can let, you can enjoy the spectacle and let a lot of the multiverse stuff just sort of wash over you without needing to understand how it works. Like I still kind of don't understand how it all works, but it doesn't matter because the emotion of that story is so pure and so true that I can watch that and have feelings about it and cry about oh, it yeah. without really needing to be 100% caught up with how like the science of the multiverse works. Like that's almost beside the point. I really don't cry at movies and I have seen everything everywhere three times and all three times I have cried multiple times, always in the same places. Uh, so it's like, like knowing that the scene is coming, I'm like, yep. All right, I'm getting teary-eyed just thinking about what I'm about to watch. Uh, Yeah, truly, I laughed. I laughed harder and I cried hard. I laughed and cried the hardest at Everything Everywhere All at Once and The Banshees of Inisherin last year. Yes. Like, those were the two. Yes, yes. And and that's (laughs) for very different reasons. (laughs) And, like, and that's what good films should do. Uh, Everything. I laughed harder and cried harder within 15 seconds of each other, <laughs> you know, which like, that's, that's impressive mm-hmm. control. Um, and then Banshees, you know, great, great film. That, that might be in quiet contention for my second or third favorite movie of the year. I mean, no, it was in my top it. five. It was in my top five of last year. It's in my top five movies. I don't know if it's in my top five. Me- well, I mostly saw movies. <laughs> Whatever. This is, I'm, I'm now, like, going through my own <laughs> thought say, process, and that's already. not interesting. Yeah. <laughs> we did this episode already. Yeah. Uh, and if um, you're just yeah, like, go I'm... listen to just a couple episodes back where we were talking about our favorite things of 2022. Yeah. We talk about all of these movies. Yeah. Most of these movies. Yeah. <laughs> we fight about some of them. Good. It was um, a good year for but movies. Yeah, and at the end of the day, what I am always kind of... I will be very interested to see what the Daniels do next. Yes. And I think that at this point, that will be whatever they want whatever it to be. They, whatever they want with whatever budget they want to, to use. I also want to give a quick plug to a Disney Plus original show that is coming, starring Michelle Yeoh, Kei Hui Kwan, Stephanie Hsu, called American Born Chinese, which there, is there a... a based... during or yes. immediately after the show. Yeah, It is based off of a graphic novel by Jean Luen Yang. And I am very excited about it. <laughs> um, I, uh, good job, Disney, for some exec watching everything everywhere and being like, great, get contracts out to all of these actors. Yes. Like, just hire all of them. Yeah. We will take them. Yeah. Um, I think it looks super fun. Uh, the book is really lovely. Uh, they are really leaning into the sort of magical realism segments of it. It is about, um, it is sort of a semi-autobiographical uh 
Yang wrote a semi-autobiographical story about a teenager sort of dealing with the fact that he's one of the only Chinese people in his high school and the sort of fantasy sequences and stories that he tells himself to kind of get him through racism. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So yeah, check that out. Um, And yeah, literally anything these people do next, sign me up. I'm on board. Yeah. I'm even for the first time excited about what Martin McDonough does next. Like one of the best things Banshees of Inisherin did for me was get the taste of three billboards out of my mouth. <laughs> and I'm just very grateful for that. See, I was, I was very smart and I never saw three billboards. So in, in my mind, Martin McDonough is, you know, in Bruges. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Don't waste your time. Yeah. <laughs> well, any, any final thoughts, anything else we want to hash out? You know, the worst part is, Five minutes ago, I did have a, a some thought, and it has entirely escaped my mind. Uh, so, you know, clearly not that important. Um, <laughs> I thought it was I hilarious think... that James Cameron did not show up. Oh, uh, or Tom Cruise. <laughs> or Tom Cruise, although that, he was never going to. That did not surprise me. Yeah, yeah. At um, one point during the ceremony, before they made that crack, Lizzie, my sister, was like, is Tom Cruise there? And I said, Lizzie. If Tom Cruise was there, we would have seen him eight times by now. <laughs> I thought everyone looked good. Yeah, I, I mean, I it was it was a fine show. It was successful. It went off without a hitch. It was unexciting, but also in a way that was un uh, inoffensive. Um, and really, it just sort of like looking at the slate of Best Picture winners and all the rest of it. It was a good year in, in film last year. I feel like it kind of got off to a rocky start, like or at least a slow start. But by the end of the year, like. You know, totally snubbed and forgotten about was the Northmen. And then we have, you know, Top Gun, Tar, Everything Everywhere, Banshees, Avatar, Fablemans. Like, this is, that, that, it, that's a good year for film. Uh, and it I'm lo- is. I'm looking like forward said, to what next I'd... year will we'll bring it. I, I think the Northmen can loosely be cata- cataloged with the other, with horror that didn't get nominated. It's Kissing Cousins, if it, not straight. Right. It, it should have been nominated for production just because of the story of the production. Like, you know, we, we went and we built all this from scratch in Iceland and forged our own swords according to, like, Viking tradition or whatever. Um, like that's- Swap out Ana de Armas for Nicole Kidd. <laughs> I don't. I. I don't think she would be lead in that. I. I don't. No. Think swap out Jamie Lee Curtis. Leave Stephanie Shu. Swap out Jamie Lee Curtis. Put Nicole Kidman in Best Supporting Actress. <laughs> but like, and and that's not to, to you know say like ah they were they were snubbed so badly. Just you know looking back on twenty twenty two, good year in film. The Oscars mostly did a good job at at pointing out most of those films at least for the nomination side of things. Um, you're always going to have your weird missteps, but this was not a Green Book year. Uh, and, yeah, right. Um, so you know, B plus Oscars. And now everybody can go watch RRR. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to watching that one. Have you not yet? No, I have not. Oh, it's so fun. the The runtime is what has turned me off more than anything. I'm sorry. Did you see the Batman last year? I also saw Avatar: The Way of Water twice in theaters. Yeah, so don't talk to me about <laughs> runtimes. All right, I'm going to start my campaign now to have Megan host the Oscars next year. Yes, yes. So Daniel Kibblesmith, OPRF alum, tweeted something along the lines of, there is messing up, and then there's 
Dereliction of Duty, and then far, far beyond that is not having Megan present an award at the Oscars this year. Correct. Correct. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that feels like well, a pretty good place to end. Yep. That wraps it up. If anybody would like to see my uh, thoughts on the Best Picture nominees, you can go sign up for my newsletter at tinyletter.com backslash MagicalMartha. I also did some real quick predictions yesterday, although they were tremendously incomplete. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of wrapped them off real quick and like fully forgot like score cinema or the writing ones I left off for some reason. Um, but if anyone is curious, my predictions would have been tar for original screenplay and, um, all quiet on the Western front for adapted screenplay. One of those I'm sad. I would have lost. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, otherwise, you can follow me everywhere on social media at Magical Martha, uh, including Twitter and Instagram. I'm now also on Tumblr at the Libratrix. That's T H E L I B R A T R I X. And if anyone is curious about why that is not uh, Magical Martha, it's because I lost access to that account. Oh, so, <laughs> so you can see an archival Tumblr at Magical Martha. Uh, mostly my guinea pigs are going min- semi-viral uh, in terms of pet Twitter numbers on Tumblr right now. So if you want to see my guinea pigs, check out Tumblr. Uh, Pete, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Pico3000, P-I-K-O-3000, politics and pop culture. Uh, Super Wild Weekend, where I've just been tweeting about the Oscars and uh, the implosion of the uh, Silicon Valley Bank uh, situation and the fact that our government likes to prop up, uh, you know, the assets of millionaires and billionaires and not regular people. Um, that's I a... thought about having I thought about having an opinion on that. And then I went to see Cocaine Bear instead. <laughs> uh, and, and that's all prefaced with the fact that, you know, Twitter is an increasingly broken dumpster fire, but also helplessly addicted. I'll be one of the, those turning the lights off, I'm sure, when it all oh, yeah. crashes down into nothingness. Uh, I'm also on Letterboxd at P. Romberg, P-R-H-O-M-B-E-R-G. Um, that's public, and I'm, you know, I'm doing the Letterboxd thing, both uh, oh, yeah, me reviewing too. and giving stars to uh, the movies that I see. Hooray! Yes. Uh, We will be back in a couple of weeks uh, with our deep dive into the John Wick universe. Uh, Until then, you can check out our my other show, Love Ya, which drops on the same feed. We're going to be talking about Leap Year on our next episode uh, in celebration of St. Patrick's Day. Jesus, I thought that episode already came out. It's coming out on Friday. (laughs) No, no, we have not (laughs) recorded it yet. Ha ha. Yep. All right. That is going to do it for us today. Thank you all so much for listening and celebrating our hot takes. We will see you again in the future. And until then, enjoy doing your homework. Class dismissed. Nothing like it'll be a short up one hour later. Okay. Yeah, that was kind of what I expected it to be.